0: Hi there, Jeremy Hutchings here. Before we get started, I want to ask you a question. Are you getting the results you want from the effort you put into your farm business? Would you like to thrive rather than just survive? If you're looking to improve your skills as a farm business owner and thrive, then you're not going to want to miss the next Top Producers Workshop. The thing that sets the best business owners and the top 20% of farmers apart from the pack is that they all spend time working strategically on their business. If you know you need to spend more time on your business rather than in it, but you don't know where to start, then the Top Producers Workshop will be perfect for you. Join me and the Farm Owners Academy team, as well as a host of other like-minded farm business owners, to spend two incredible days working on your business. This could be the most valuable investment you make this year. The first step in creating your freedom farm starts now, but hurry. These events normally sell out months in advance. Head over to farmownersacademy.com forward slash events. That's farmownersacademy.com forward slash events for more details. Welcome to the Profitable Farmer podcast, where we share stories and tips to help you run a better farming business and create your very own freedom farm. If you're looking to work smarter and not harder in your farm business, welcome, you're in the right place. G'day everyone. Happy New Year and welcome to Profitable Farmer Podcast. It has been a really protracted, challenging season 2022 for so many of us. Harvest is still coming in. You know, a lot of people with a huge range of results given just how much water we saw across the country in 2022. Thinking of you guys as we navigate things like harvest through our festive season and um, all the best to those of you still working tirelessly to get it done. I want to encourage you all, probably this year more than ever, to make sure you get a break after this Christmas and New Year's and after this silly harvest. It is just so important that we re-energize. In this podcast, it gives me great pleasure to welcome a great mate of mine, James Kelly, back to our podcast. J.K. Joy, I was on, on Profit Farmer, I think, mate. Two, just over two years ago, yeah, I think it was August of twenty twenty. Yeah, yep. and um, JK's snuck up to our farm from Melbourne just to uh, say g'day. and we've um, we've covered off a fair bit in the last twenty four or forty eight hours. JK, how's how's pretending to be a farmer of you? Well, it's been good. I, I
1: you know we, we uh, scared a couple of kangaroos uh, yesterday and a couple of rabbits, which was uh, which was which was fun. Uh, you know, learnt to sheep uh, cattle out of the house paddock, which has also been fun. And uh, yeah, and so sort if of, you yeah, had just gone for a drive around the property, which has just been amazing to see and and learnt. Uh, well, tried to learn a fair bit about um, uh, you know about the, the cycles of, of 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 weeds and grass in a, in a paddock, which has been yeah, re- actually really really fascinating. Great having you here, mate. So um, we
0: encourage all of our FOA members and clients to take that time away this time of year, and then to get their families and teams together to set down a common plan for the new season that lines up with a 10-year vision, a big, hairy, audacious goal. And then we teach people to map that 10-year vision back to three-year targets, one-year targets, and then quarterly plans. And so we've got a rhythm there that we work to that I think is proven to really help people implement well on strategic plans. Um, what I wanted to explore, like, so just before we get into this, I want to encourage all of you to consider that at this time of year to get on farm, go and book the local library or, you know, find an RSL club or get away to the coast and actually just have some time sitting, reflecting on the year that was, learning where you can so that we can improve for next year, but locking down some meaningful goals and plans for the new season. What I wanted to explore again with you JK today is how to align a family and a farm business team to a common strategic plan or a common direction. Often there's misalignment or different views and even conflict and real tension within farm family teams. And I know this is a real passion of yours and a real sweet spot. You um help business teams Come together, Tom, come together and get aligned around significant construction and other projects. What sort of money are we talking about? How big are some of these projects that the leadership teams that
1: you work with are responsible for? So I think the, the biggest project that I'm currently working on is uh, 11.2 uh, billion, which kind of you struggle to even get your head around. A construction project can be, or an infrastructure project can be that big, and then right down to you know, on the smaller end would be sort of about 150 million. So now most of the projects we work we work in would be what we call like a mega project, which would be a multi-billion-dollar project. And we, I'd be working on three or four of those at any one time. And mate, when you talk about we, Alchemy
0: is a global management consultancy and coaching firm. How do you describe
1: what Alchemy? your team does oh geez that's a that's a difficult one so my most uh, the, the reason i oh well it's it's difficult because it's very experiential what we do so once you've kind of worked with us you kind of you get it but it's it's harder to explain it's a bit like trying to explain what swimming is so if you mm-hmm. only you jump in the water and you get wet and you move your arms and you move your legs and that's swimming, but uh, that doesn't really explain what swimming is like. So we, we do an, a number of things, but in this, for, for, in, in terms of this project world, we help uh, leadership teams uh, come together and solve a problem that they've probably thought has been intractable in the past. And so they might have got themselves into a position into, into point of conflict where they don't see they can work with each other and don't see that there any there's any possible solution moving forward. And what we do is help them see their problem in a different way, in a more constructive way, and see their partners in a different way that they can actually kind of craft a future together and work together. So I want to pick up on that point. There's a real subtlety there that I want to grab.
0: Leadership teams of major projects can arrive to a point where they can't see a way forward, where they've thought about all of the options scenarios, um, relationships, um, and they hit a point where. They can't see a future or they can't see an aligned way to move forward. Yep. So I'm just going to let you know that there are farming families out there that have been working together for 10, 15, 30, 40 years. And in that journey, those family business teams absolutely can arrive to a point where, you know, they feel like they've tried everything. Yep. They feel like they've had every possible type of conversation. They've brought in the succession planners, they've brought in the consultants, they've brought in, you know, they So they've tried everything, and there's still tension, and there's still misalignment and different views. Yep. So I guess irrespective whether it's fifty leaders in a room of a multi-billion-dollar project or a farming family, I think the principles and the issues are going to be really interesting to work through. Yep. Absolutely. So with that, eleven billion-dollar project. Mm I would imagine, is it is it one company or is the leadership team for that project potentially a host of brands and logos and companies?
1: So you, you might have a leadership team, which might be 12 people, and that might be a consortia of sort of six. So you'd have a client organisation. In some cases, you might have multiple client organisations. You'll have some designers and you'll have some, you have some contractors. And so very complex because everyone's got their own drivers, so I can imagine would be the same um, with this as well. So when you've got those divergent drivers, that often kind of gets in the way of having productive conversations. Mm. so the conflict often isn't necessarily a personal thing. It's just the fact that people want different things out of a out of any given situation. And so the, the, what we need to do is then find a way for everyone to win coming through that. And actually everyone get what they want out of, well, at least get some of what they want out of whatever kind of intractable situation that they're in. So how important is it for people to be willing to move forward for them to feel like they're getting a win? Uh, well, critical. Critical. So if, if people don't feel like they're being heard, if people don't feel like they're going to get something, what they want. Now, it, it, the key bit here is also getting people kind of off a position of wanting to get 100% of what they want. You've got to get them back off that to actually sort of say, well, if I get 100% of what I want, that means that you're not going to get anything that you want. So And and so you've actually got to get them to come back to say, well, if I can get 70%, then you can get 70% and having them see that as a win. Yeah. Yeah. So when you arrive into
0: a meeting room or a team like that, that has arrived to that point where they just feel like there is just no clear way forward. Yep. Um, there's tension, stress, conflict. I imagine at yep. times. Yep. What's your process? What do you do? Like, I, is there is there a sort of a, a broad sequence that you move through, or broad principles that you move them through? How do you help those teams move through that tension?
1: Yeah. Uh, well. It, so yeah. The answer depends, but there is a. Generally, there are a couple of principles at play, which is probably worthwhile me talking through today on this because they're 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 universal. So the first one is we use a terminology of a breakdown. So a breakdown is when things aren't going as well as you planned, or as you sorry, not as well as you planned. As you planned, there is a. We say there's a there's a breakdown. So that breakdown it could actually be good. So it can be like. Things are going a lot better than I than I thought. So let's just say you get. You now I'm going to show my my lack of farming knowledge here, but let's just say you get you get you get a great amount of rain. You're not expecting rain, and you get a great amount of rain at the right amount of time, which helps with. Um, yeah, which which helps. Yep. So now all of a sudden you've got this breakdown because you've got too much feed. Yes, it happened this year for us. Yep, absolutely. Great. So, so you've wow. got, you got, you got all this feed, and I don't have enough livestock. I've got a breakdown, okay, and so you've actually got to deal with that breakdown. Yep. You've got to change your plans. You've got to do something. You've got to do something different. Also it also, kind of works in the in the in the reverse as well. Like, okay, something's not going as well as I think it is. Yeah, and so I've now got a breakdown. Something's got to something's got to change. Now, the important thing about a, a, a breakdown, and in these situations around alignment, is to to actually action a breakdown uh, in either direction. At first, it needs to be declared. So first, you need to say, that's not working. And once you say, that's not working, you can you can fix it. <laughs> I'll just use a, a personal example. We've been talking about my back over the last kind of few days. I've got a lower back issue. Now, I have been kind of dealing with the fact my back has been like naggingly sore. And then every now and again, I kind of, I pop a, I pop a disc out, you know, and then I have a weak kind of lying in bed. And then I kind of, I get a bit better. Now I've, I haven't i have actually been dealing effectively with that breakdown because I haven't been willing to say like my back's screwed. I actually need to do something about my back. So because I haven't declared a breakdown around my back. You're tolerating I'm, it. I'm tolerating it. Mm. I'm just tolerating. It. And so it's kind of, it's working in the background. It means that you now I haven't been riding as much um, as, as I want. I can't get out and and, and do a whole lot of stuff with the kids that I'd like. I've just been tolerating. It's been nagging. It takes a whole lot of energy to kind of to, to maintain this. Now, when I go skiing, I have to wear an, a back brace. I'm like, am I really? I mean, I know I've got a great beard, but I'm like, am I really that old that I need a back brace while I'm skiing? So because I haven't actually declared a breakdown around my back, I'm not dealing with it effectively. I'm just tolerating it. And because I'm tolerating it, it takes a whole lot of energy away. So- Getting a team
0: to actually give a label and a name to an issue that is you know, not a, not of a situation that's not as, not not where they wanted it to be. Yep, declaring a breakdown. Yep, giving it a name. Huge. Yeah, hugely important. Because if you don't do that, I mean, we're in denial, right? Or we're we're avoiding the problem,
1: or we're not actually giving the problem the weight that it needs. Or, you, or you're treating the problem as as like gravity. And, and, and this is often it's just kind of, it just is. It's just like, well, yeah, I've got a sore back. That's just the way life is. That's just kind of how I am. You know, well, I've got to break down this relationship with my, you know, with my brother or sister or, you know, kind of other family kind of, you know, that's just the way it is. If you're just if you just tolerating it, you're not actually dealing with it. Mm. And so as soon as you can actually label it and kind of put some edges you know, around it. As soon as edges are around something, you can you can actually action it. So as soon as I've set with my back, it's broken. Well, not literally broken, but yeah, I've got a breakdown with my lower back. Okay, well, what do I need to do? Well, I need to get someone to help fix it. And so then all of a sudden I can, I go from kind of a, a, a level of action, which is like back brace and doing some stretching and resting. And so not actually doing anything really effective to fix it. Now, you know, I've got the strength and conditioning coach from the Australian Ballet helping me, you know, and all of a sudden I've gone from, you know, having like monthly and kind of daily soreness with my back to now, as soon as I've started seeing uh, her, two months with a, without, you know, without an issue. Mm. And so it's kind of like, okay, so now I'm taking effective action to actually deal with the problem. Now, it start it, 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 sounds, it sounds like a too simple kind of step to take, but it is actually the most important one It's actually the declaration that something isn't working and that you actually need to have a shared declaration that something's not working. So on a personal level, I'm pretty sure there's quite a few listeners
0: thinking that they need to declare their back problem. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Most farmers have some niggles with shoulders and knees and backs and hips that they're tolerating. So it's great on that level. but So when you get together as a, a, a team, Let's say it is that twelve people part of that leadership team. Um, everyone will have different issues, so they'll have different breakdowns that they would like
1: to declare. Are they all valid? That they're, they're all valid, um, but but really, there'll be a, a, a whenever this is happening, there'll be like a shared. Uh, there will be a shared breakdown. So although in my it's in, it, it's important here to to distinguish the things that are kind of causing the breakdown from the breakdown. And so, like, I might have a problem with, um, you know, how you communicate with me. Well, that's not the breakdown. The breakdown, that's kind of, that's a problem we can fix. It's causing something else. And so the breakdown is normally uh, and best described as a, as a future state which is at risk. Okay. And so it will be... And that's normally where you can get alignment. People have varying views on what's causing that, and that's something you've got to, you've got to unravel. but it's important to kind of firstly go, well, um, if we keep working the way we're working, then from a future state perspective, what's at risk So if we go back to the the, uh, the, the breakdown of you know, you know rain at the right time of year produces more feed than we thought. Well, then we're kind of going to get to the end of the year and we haven't maximized you know kind of um, our, our yield, opportunity, the opportunity. Yeah. So that's the, um, that's the breakdown. Now if you've got a more kind of you know kind of personal thing it might be like, well okay, if we've got a breakdown excuse me, in the family relationship, you're trying to you have a, a farm succession or something like or something like that, then it's kind of like well what's what's the predictable future if we don't make a change? it will be like, oh, well, we'll have to divide the farm up and it won't be economically possible or we'll have to sell the farm and no-one wants that. And so you need to get people to actually face into that's the breakdown. So the breakdown is actually kind of is best kind of declared in a future state. A risk or a cost into the future if we don't resolve this now. If we don't
0: resolve this now. Yep. So what we talk about just and for, for our members, we have a list called brick list and the bricks are the the problems that we're carrying around that are weighing us down yep and so we do get teams to come together and, and identify what are the bricks and we do to get them to rate them as sort of major media minor, and and try and actually then prioritize their brick list so they're working through or clear on they've got on paper the issues the breakdowns yep. i think that they need to move through um from a negotiation standpoint one thing i've learned is the importance in a negotiation when you are aiming for a win-win outcome of, paint, of painting both brightness of the future if we get this right and what most people i think forget in their preparation for a negotiation jk is darkness of the future mm-hmm. so what is what is the likely outcome if we get this wrong yep and i think that's what you're saying is yes is, yep. is this is the issue. Let's name it, and then let's look at what could go right. Yep, because that could be aligning for people to go right. Oh well, if we do the hard yards now and work this through, we get to keep the farm. We get to expand. We get to stay together as a family. Um, that's great for future generations. But what if we get this wrong, mm. or we don't don't take responsibility and and work through this issue now? To your point. We'll need to sell the farm. We'll need to split up relationships. We won't have Christmas together. Yep. Yeah. You know,
1: I think there's power in painting darkness the future when you're trying to impact change. It's massive. It's massive. And this is a really important. Now we use different language than you do, but same exact same principle. We say predictable future. So what's the one that's that's what's the predictable future? The predictable result that's predicted by our current set of actions. So if we're not getting along, we can't communicate. We're fighting. Da 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 da. Well, we're, let, let's just go forward five years. Where do we end up? Mm. And you know that's that's always a pretty bleak picture. And it's surprising, like when we come in and do this work with teams, and they don't change. We'll then kind of and then and they kind of come back in in six months' time or a year's time, and it's like oh. You know, when we thought we had a problem, well, yeah, we actually had that workshop. You know, we, we ran through that process with you. We, had, we didn't do anything. We didn't do anything differently. And now we're in complete we're kind of, you know, we're in a real kind of problem now. And you get out, okay, well, here's, here's what you said the predictable future was. They're like, oh, yeah, all of those. <laughs> so it's actually, it's surprising how good we are at actually being able to predict that yeah. from our current state. From our current state, so we kind of distinguish that as being the predictable future, which is often um, if you're looking into a future where you're, where you've got a and a, a sort of a breakdown that's not working for you, then that's and it's a really important process because firstly, kind of part of this, part of the process that we go through, one of the principles is finding some common ground, and then as soon as you find common ground, like a postage size stamp of common ground, you build from
0: that. But, but what people are finding in that process is common ground around what they don't want. Correct. And so it's 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 still common ground. So yep. that that's an aligning
1: process in and of itself, which is which, which is great. Yeah. So then what? Well, then there is a there's yeah we have that's called the predictable future. So that's the one that's predicted by our current set of actions. The next one is what we call um, our um, desired future. So that's the future that we want. I think you call that your bright brightness of the future. Brightness for us. Future. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So the brightness of the future, you then sort of say, well, okay, if that's not what you want. And so from the predictable future point of view, sometimes you work with teams and they'll kind of get that. And it mightn't be a great story. And you actually say to them, like, honestly, can you deal with that? And they'll go, yep. And you go, great. Well, then there's no need to do anything different. Like, if that is actually okay, then that's fine. Then if you're aiming for okay, if you're aiming for okay, if, but,
0: you're, if you're okay. It, do you find people do settle for a suboptimal outcome? Or, almost never. Yeah, almost ever. Yeah. But once, it's, once it painted that darkness, most of the time, most teams, I would imagine, think we're better than that. Yeah. So they want to go
1: for a more optimal or more desirable future. Yeah. 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 Um, so then you have the desired the like the, the desired future, which is one that's and we kind of we distinguish a desired future from a pipe dream future. So a pipe dream future is something that you can kind of, because we can say anything we want about the future. Because it's just all exists in language. We can just kind of go, hey, listen, oh, we could be best friends. We could be kind of, you know, that's like, do you actually want that? I'd be nice if we had it. I'm like, "Ah, okay. So the, you know, the giveaway is always in the in the language. It's like, okay, no, that's called a pipe dream future, because pipe dreams you don't do anything about. They don't, they don't inspire action. And so you actually want to distinguish, okay, well, we could define, we could just sit here and define a future that's kind of amazingly glowing. But if you're not actually, if you're not really committed to making that happen, then nothing's gonna, mm. we just won't, you won't, it won't inspire action. So the purpose of a of a desired future of bright, brightness mm-hmm. of the future, it's actually about a story of the future which will actually inspire action. And what you'll also find there is. Um, most of the time there's a real alignment there. So in any of these situations, these competing parties will actually want the same outcome. So once again, you're building that that alignment and then you're building from there. So I've
0: seen that a lot, facilitating succession outcomes. There can be tension in the now, but when you actually sit down and say, hey guys, what, what is it you each actually want and get people to go away and document that and come back, and report back to their family on what they want for 5 or 10 or 15 years, so often there's complete alignment. It's it's almost the same story from each of the individuals. There might be some minor adjustments around I'd rather be running a few more cattle, a bit less sheep, maybe a bit more cropping. But in terms of what people want for the people in the room, when you actually stop and get away from the tensions in the moment, it always surprises me, really, just how much commonality there is around what people are wanting to achieve. Yep, yep. You, you find that in corporate teams and big businesses, Co- well. completely.
1: Because what people don't, um, as a as a as a as a rule, yeah, you know, people get trapped in the in the in the now and the doing and the action, and it's often those, you know, we want to kind of go, oh well, the action, the way you're doing this is a breakdown, which is not it's not the breakdown, it's just an annoyance. And so when people kind of go, well, I want you to change, I want you to change the way you do this. And because they don't have any context for changing that, that feels like a loss for people. It's like, hey, you want me to change the way I'm doing something? Because you haven't actually created the context for, well, here's what we're both committed to, and by changing that, we're more likely to make that happen. Yep. As soon as you can kind of make that leap, so, you know, all of a sudden people go from like, What's well, intractable because like, you're asking me to change something and I can't and I can't change the way I'm doing that. As soon as you've created some now some new context for what's possible, people are like, "Oh, okay, now I can change." So just on this, so often in
0: farming, but also in small business, my experience is people think, "Oh, a vision statement or a vision that's fluffy BS," you know, and we don't bother with it. Yep. But what you're saying is the vision has a really important role in um, helping people have some context for the challenges they face in the short term. Yep.
1: yep. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a, a, a yeah, you know, it's one of these things. About, well, why yeah, you know, why a vision statements and objectives? So objectives are a statement of the, of, of of the future, and a, you know, an, an mission, a vision uh, are also kind of statements of the future um, of what of what's going to happen. And it's so easy to kind of fall into oh, it's fluffy. It's kind of this or that. It's like, but you really sit back and think about like, it's been all these kind of management leadership experts, and they keep they keep saying, and for years and years and years, you know, like decades and decades and decades, we've been writing vision statements. So it's like there must be something in it. Mm-hmm. Like there must be something in it, and that's why there's something in it. And so the important bit here is if it's like fluffy, that's a pipe dream. And so it's it's got to be real enough and tangible enough and actually direct some action, which is why, yeah, you know, like when we're working with teams, we'll kind of we, we we won't stop at a vision statement. We'll actually we'll actually go for a you know a set of objectives as well because you want to really paint that future as clear as possible, as clear as possible, and so people kind of get invested um, in it. And the important thing here, and I, I said kind of earlier on, it's. Now, with my back, it's easy because I have complete authority over my life, over my body, so I can kind of declare a breakdown in my lower back and fix it. With this, you actually need to the, the – so the declaration of the breakdown in, the, in in this case is actually the distinction between the desired future and the predictable future. So that's now – okay, so now we've created a problem because this is where we're heading and this is what we want. And so, and that needs to be done by all parties that have got authority, so authorship of that future. And so you actually need all of those parties to come together and you're going to go, yeah, that's where we're heading and that's where we want to go. I'm comfortable that there is a problem. I'm comfortable there's a problem. So as soon as everyone in that now... We want to kind of go, oh, well, de- declare a breakdown, but like people have declared the breakdown by going, yep, that's where we're thats where we heading, that's where we want to go. The problem is now declared because we've got a distinction between those two, there is a problem to solve. In the setting down of a, a vision or a
0: desirable future, I find you have people who are massive optimists and they think that that pipe dream is absolutely attainable. So what they want to set down is, I want to be fifty thousand acres in ten years' time. And then you get those more conservative realists, or and people who go, know, yeah, not possible. I reckon we need to go after fifteen thousand acres. Um, how do you how do you help people find commonality where some people are big picture thinkers and Bullish, and others are more conservative in in how they see the future playing out.
1: Yeah, and that that's a that's a difficult one, but you've got to try and find. Now, you might get like you could still maybe live with a you know ten thousand hectares versus twenty thousand hectares. Like there'll be a, a it, it, and it might be around. Well, we want the farm to you know kind of we want the farm to get bigger. You know that might be where you need to where you need to land now. But, also then it's like well bigger by a hectare or bigger by ten thousand hectares there'll be two very different streams of action mm. to go about each one of those so it really is important to actually to to actually get that so some of it will be the person that only wants to, you I know, just using that example yeah 50 thousand you know someone's mm. like oh no I'd be happy with 10 I, well it I needs to be 50 you actually then need you need to find some sort of alignment. Because ultimately, there will be a different action to achieve each one of those. Just on that, my own response
0: to that would be pick a different metric. If if there's tension around that, well, what do we need the farm to achieve? Well, we need to educate kids into the future. It needs to provide for the older generation. Um, It needs to be able to withstand this, achieve that. So you could probably come up with a different definition where size
1: doesn't actually matter. Well, that's it's a, re- it's, a,
0: it's about the outcome
1: that's really good and that's really good actually so you might actually then um so we call what's so you you kind of chunk up so when you can't get alignment down at that level you then kind of go well okay well what's ten thousand or fifty thousand what's that in service of well it's in service of creating a better future for our kids okay well let's talk about that what does that mean well it actually means but, but like so if you kind of chunk up the goal yeah you can tend to get a, alignment and so what you tend to want to do, you kind of chunk up to get alignment and then you kind of chunk down to get, or then you kind of you cascade down to get to get yep. action. Yeah. So. so if there's tension in the setting down of a vision statement or brightness, um, look for a different metric. Look yep. to chunk up. Yeah, chunk yep. up. And so you kind of chunk up and go, okay, well, what's that in? And, and the question will always be, what's that in service of? So what's the growth in service of? Mm. Is it just money? Is it, is it is it footprint? Is it diversification? Is it? you know, kind of future for the family, like what's that in service of? And that's where you'll that's where you'll when you chunk up, you'll then find alignment at some point. Then what? So the other so the next bit is then uh talking about the here and now. So now we've got some alignment on where we're heading and we don't want to we don't want to go there. And now we've got um and we've also got a a, a well where do we where do we want to get to So, what you really want to—we say this crudely. So, I'll say it crudely with you. You kind of—you got to rub your noses in where you're at right now. You're going to really rub your nose in it. So, you've got to then sort of say, "Well, okay. What if, if, from the predictable future perspective, what are we currently doing? So, in terms of actions, what are the actions that we're currently taking that are heading us towards that that predictable future? And it might be." Well, we're not communicating. Um, Where we're working against each other. Where like, and you really want to kind of like rub your nose, you know. So, from a consultant's perspective, we rub our clients' noses in all the kind of crappy behaviour.
0: Yeah, it's, it's it's facing the brutal facts, isn't it? Yeah. And I think we've got to once we've labelled something as a breakdown, then we've got to own it. Yep. And that's all about that. Process. And owning it fully you know and with your example really checking in on okay. what is the cost now yeah. of you having that bad back yep um when you when you actually stop and give it time and focus it's not okay mm. you know and so you know those the fact that you're not communicating with your brother or sister-in-law or parents or you know, there isn't clarity around succession or there isn't um, a willingness from all parties to come together to set down a meaningful plan. Um, you know, we're not making time for these meetings to actually bring our farm teams in. Like, when you just stop and look at these things, they seem, you can tolerate them and pay lip service to them, but when you look at them for what they are, they're actually really big issues um, that, if we're honest with ourselves in the moment, and not okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and the other thing as well, what's what, what now, what's starting to come clear for people is like the intractability, intractability in this. That's not a word we've just kind of invented. A You've invented a word, to word. invented a new word. It, it becomes, it's like, oh, yeah, okay. This is so clear now. This is so simple. I'm doing what like I. You, we are doing all of these things, and it's creating that. And all of a sudden, you start to be able to kind of go, "Oh, I get it now. I get it now." And that's not enough because what's creating the um, creating those actions is a set of like like um, uh, values are, are at play here as well. So, one of the really important things about um, about this and like creating a new future and kind of getting some different action. Is you've actually got to change the perspectives in three domains at once. Three domains are the future, so we've talked about that now, which is action and then past, which is like values and beliefs. And so then you've actually got to go back and sort of say, well, okay, for us to be kind of those values so those those actions of you know not communicating kind of whatever those are, what what must be our values and beliefs? And it's like, well, yeah, I don't trust you. Um I'm I'm out for me. You know, and so you actually then need to get those um, yeah, those values and beliefs out because we actually need to create change in all three of those, in all three of those areas. So in the rubbing
0: the nose in it and facing the brutal truth of the breakdown, are you suggesting we need to look at what are the values and the beliefs that have got us into this? Yep. And they're perhaps values and beliefs that aren't serving. Yep. So, as you say, you know, aggression, um, disrespect. Um, I don't feel like I can trust you. Um, yep, you're right. I'm in it for me. I'm not in it for anyone else. Yep. Um, I want to keep control as the older generation. I don't want to give it over. I don't trust that if I give over responsibility, that you're actually going to make it work. You've actually got to have conversation around the values and the beliefs that are arriving new to the problem. Yep. So how easy is it for those corporate teams that aren't family members, aren't brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers, how easy is it for them to have um, a vulnerable discussion around what's not working and the values and beliefs um, that have got us into this problem? So I suspect easier than the family. <laughs> yeah, but but can we play with the business team? You know, looking after a construction project, do they find it challenging to have conversations around those brutal truths?
1: Um, yeah. So with the the process that we normally use, we, we'll get, we'll do a whole lot of interviews. So if we kind of if there's a breakdown to be declared, we'll do a whole lot of interviews, and then we actually play back the key themes from the interviews. And that's a really good way to kind of get it out, um, out in the open. Mm. And the other really important bit is, which I've probably kind of skipped over, is a really important aspect of this is listening and and, it, and having people uh, experience being listened to. Because often um, in families particular, particular, um, people don't experience being listened to. And so, therefore, there's like these huge breakdowns in communication because, like, well, of course, there's a breakdown in communication. You never listen. You never, you never, never listen to me. They're like, you know, and before even the person's kind of finished saying that, the other person will let's oh, listen to you. It's like that was a very example of you know, kind of not of, of not listening, but having people experience being listened to is an incredibly important part of this because once I get you're actually really trying to understand my world and what's important to me. And that's a kind of important foundational bit for me to be able to then trust that we can actually create something together.
0: Yeah. And so, and and that's where having a facilitator Mm -hmm. is a really important step in this if there is conflict and tension because the facilitator can play a really important role in allowing someone to feel heard where in the paddock or at home in the business. That isn't their reality, so you know, they can get it. Like when when someone feels like they're not being heard, they're in defensive mode, aren't they? But the moment they get to feel heard, you can just see their whole physiology change. Yep, yep. Um, they relax,
1: they re-engage. So, and, and so just on that another, and if you, and sometimes we'll get a, you know, we'll you know, like someone, someone will say, well, I want this from from you know, and, and you know, I want this from the future. And someone will be like, well, I don't understand why you'd want that. That just seems silly. And so then you'll kind of pause and you'll kind of go, okay, I, w- I now want you to listen from the perspective of completely understanding, like, why that person feels that way. I don't want you to necessarily agree with them, mm. but I want you to ask enough questions that you actually get why they why they feel that you Know and um, and so then that person needs to kind of go, Well, I don't like that. Well, why do you feel that? Why, you know, and they actually need to go, you go through, take them through a process when they kind of go, Got it, got it. That's not my reality, but I get if your reality was my reality, I would want the same thing. Yeah. get people to
0: empathize, yep. And, yep. with people into the future. So if um, family members now have had tension in their backstory for years and two brothers or a a mother and a son or whatever who are trying to work together in a farming context, there's been tension and we're asking them to come together and set down a strategic plan for the future. Um, It's logical that they're going to arrive into the room with those values and beliefs from yesterday. How do people navigate those sorts of conversations, I'm going to say, without a facilitator. Um, If they are going to sit down and come together in January and listen to this podcast and go, right, oh, well, what are the breakdowns? And, you know, if we don't fix these breakdowns, what's going to happen? And if we do fix these breakdowns, what could happen? Yep. Um, But what's keeping us or what's creating this breakdown? Are there ways that families can have those conversations in a respectful way, more so than they've been able to achieve before. What tips have you got for people? On
1: well, that? well, I think it, there's a um, a messiness to all of this that you need to, which is what this helps helps distinguish. And so if you kind of if you're if you're messing a conversation about future and beliefs and you know, values and desirable future or what you want and then well they'll never get there because you behave this way. You've actually got to kind of compartmentalise those things because they're different. They they're different. They're different aspects. They're different domains. We call them you know, domains as the language we use. They're all different domains, and if they're mixed in together, it's intractable. So what you now actually need to do is kind of go well. It's a conversation about the future, um, split into two parts. So you know, yeah. What do we want versus where we're going. Then where are we going? So what are we doing that's creating the where are we going? Then there is, well, what are the beliefs that we've that we've got about each other, about ourselves, about the situation that's creating those actions which created that predictable future? So that's the third kind of, you know, kind of domain to, to, to distinguish. The next important one, oh, oh, you've got to kind of create you now new ways. Of actually working in that, so then it's the, the next conversation is all around. Well, okay, if 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 I believe this, has me act that way, has me get that predictable result. I don't want that. We've already mapped out the the, the desired future. So then you kind of want to, rather than just the normal way we go about kind of operation is. We kind of go from a kind of beliefs perspective or perspective perspective and then kind of work forward. We actually work backwards. So we work from the future back. So you kind of come from that desired future or the, the bright, bright brightness of the future, yep. Brightness of the future declaration. And you say, okay, well, to achieve that, what would we need to do? What needs to change? Yep. And so it's like, well, we would need to do this, 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 and this. So all of a sudden, something that's completely intractable comes down to like, well, if we actually did these five or six things, yeah that are completely doable and completely uninspiring in terms of what they need to be. It's kind of like, well, and, so, and often it's really simple stuff like, well, we need to come together monthly to talk about this or quarterly to talk about this. Like it's often very, very simple things that we're not doing. But then it's like, well, to make those effective, like what do our beliefs need to be? What are our values need to be? And so then you can kind of go, well, okay, if I believe and value this, it's going to create that action it's going to create that future.
0: So the subtle thing here, I think, that's really significant is if you sit in a meeting now and focus on the breakdown and, you know, what people are doing and how they're behaving that is arriving us to this problem, um, by default, you make people wrong. Yep. Um, and no one likes to be made wrong. In a family context, if you're sitting there going, oh, you're a grumpy bugger, you know, you don't respect me and you're not willing to hand over responsibility or whatever. That's a very personal conversation um, that is only going to upset one or more people. What you've just described is you're not making anyone wrong. Um, You're going, right, oh, well, here's where we want to get to. Yep. What are the behaviours and the values that we need in play to arrive us to there and what are the things we need to do to arrive us to there? Um, There'll be... Breakthroughs, insights. Oh, as you say, we need a monthly meeting. We need to have a daily huddle. Um, I'm a massive believer, JK, that there is most of the time a really simple chess move that we can make or a really simple system or structural change that we can make that can drive out most of the actual issues that are playing out in our reality. You know, I think this is true in a family context as well. And uh, The value of a daily huddle, the value of a weekly meeting, the value of going off-site monthly and having a consultant or a facilitator lead a conversation rather than us trying to have that conversation for ourselves. Yep. These are little changes that can can make a massive difference over time. But what I love about what you said, and I think this is really important for our listeners who are trying to align their family teams, is if you work from the future back and you look at what are the values and the beliefs and um the actions that we need to take in the now and into the, in the short term to move us in that direction what you're doing is making everyone right yep not making people wrong i think it's a real i think it's a really it's a professional way to go about solving personal problems rather than focusing on the individuals yep yeah what's your comment there
1: well it's it, it, incredibly incredibly important i mean as soon as you make someone wrong um you are know, putting them back into their into their box or as we say into their cage and they can't and they can't get out of it and they'll shut down they'll disengage they'll disengage yeah and, and so um it's really important it's, it's incredibly important because as soon as you make them wrong you kind of do that Now the other so i just wanted to pick up on something else you said there and i think it's um like if you are getting external support here there's no advice to be given in this in this process that that has any value. And because the I you know, say, so if, if a team comes in to in, in, you know, engages me to come in and help and they'll be like, well, well, what should the desired future be? It's like, I don't have any authority in that domain. Like I can't declare anything on your behalf. You're the leaders. You've got to do that. And so really important here is that if you're trying to kind of create uh if you're trying to get through one of these intractable situations and you're hiring a consultant to come in and give you advice, you're probably not going to get the breakthrough you need. And that's the difference between a consultant and a facilitator. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so what you need is because the consultant doesn't have any authority to be saying, well, you should be doing this differently, you should be doing this differently. Now, as soon as I do that, as soon as a consultant comes in and do that, I'm making some, the consultant is making someone wrong. And so, you know, straight away you've set up, you might have paid, you know, kind of X thousand dollars for a consultant. That's advice you'll never take because you've put me back into my into my box into my cage. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be listening to you.
0: So, so that's a really interesting insight as to how if we're looking for a quick quick fix from our advisors and we want them to come in and solve our problems for us rather than doing the heavy lifting for ourselves, um, there probably won't be change.
1: Probably not. Yeah, and and I think this is unless you unless you've given them some authority. Over, over that. Yeah. If you've ha- if you've given them some authority, like, like sometimes you're going to go, like, I don't know how to fix that paddock. And then someone will come in and go, well, here's the advice. Spray this, do this, do this, do this. And you're like, I- okay. Right. And you go and do it. So if you've given them some authority over that, now in matters like this, you'll almost never give someone outside of the family, outside of the team, any authority. Yeah. Great. Is there another step in this process? Um, well, so the 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 other bit is uh is getting to action. So we've now what we've done is we've kind of we've mapped out what needs to happen. The next really important piece is actually getting to some is is getting to, to action. So there's a game people play generally kind of coming out of these things where you kind of go, okay, well, and, and everyone's like, uh, well, let me, I'm just gonna see. I'm just gonna check. See if, if Jeremy makes a change before I commit to making one. before I commit yeah, to making the yeah, yeah. change. And so now while I'm thinking that, you're thinking the same thing. You're like, well, oh, I'll just see what, what JK does here. If he makes a change, then I'm I'm right on right. I'm right, right. But I need to see, I need to see them make some change. And so you've actually got to kind of call that and 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 kind of get through it. And it's actually because Yeah, what's happening? What's what really that is there is there's a lack of trust. Now, so the one of the important bits coming out of this is you've got to assume some trust. So it's kind of like so everyone's got to come out of this um, with a commitment to to everyone take the first step, regardless of what they
0: see,
1: regardless of what they see. So it's kind of like, well, okay, I've got to then come out of this and actually and actually and um, I'm actually going to do something different. Like if we've and be really small, like you know, like you know, and, and you know, like the um, weekly huddle or the monthly kind of meeting. I'm going to set that up. I'm going to set. Yeah, it I'm j- going to arrive to it early and be jogging on the spot, ready to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because often you're kind of like, oh, wait, the weekly huddle was a good thing. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was Hutch's kind of. He should have set that up, and he didn't. So you know. Mm. So all I'm really wanting to do is do some point scoring and make you wrong. That, that you didn't set it up so it is really important to be sort of you know actually like be the initiator of the first step of action and these aren't big you know often they're not big grandiose things so we talk about that there's two ways we can play
0: above the line below the line below the lines blaming others <coughs> excuse me making excuses or being in denial yeah and Above the line, first, it's taking complete responsibility and then taking complete ownership. Yeah. I think what you say, it's, it's just human nature, isn't it, that when there is a breakdown or a problem or an inefficiency that we just point the finger and go, look, I'm all right. It's it's my brother or my sister or my father or it's Billy, the farm manager, it's their problem. So I'm going to sit back and wait until I see them take responsibility for this before I do anything. Yep. What we're actually doing in that moment is we, we're below the line. Below the line. Completely. We're in a sort of a victim mindset. And so what you're saying is that if everyone leaves that meeting and takes complete responsibility for the change, it's, it, that's where we can make a meaningful start.
1: Yep. Yep. And part of this will be kind of getting people really clear, like, like what are you committed to here? You actually, and, and bringing people back to that. And that's why our vision statement is so important because it's like, well, what are you committed to here? What are you committed to here? It needs to be laid down with enough sort of emotion that it actually, it creates action in itself. And if it's not, if it's too, if it's fluffy, then it's not going to be enough to, to kind of really drive, um, to drive action. Now, so the other thing that, that gets in the way of, of action, which is something that you're going to need to kind of get over um, in terms of the, the the process that you're running through as well, is that like sometimes stuff has happened in the past that kind of uh, kind of we sit we kind of sit it in the future. So it might be like um, you know, between like something's happened in a relationship between someone, and it's actually just agreeing to kind of it, at some point like getting complete on that and 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 moving on with it. And so that will be the other thing that gets in the way of action because it's almost like a vendetta. It's like, well, I'm not going to do that because every time I try that,
0: this is what happens and you bring up an incident from the back from the backstory or from yesterday or last time I tried this, this is what you did. Yeah. Um, and you're throwing that memory from yesterday into the future as a justification
1: to not change. For, not, for inaction. Yeah, yeah. So really, and this is a really important uh, kind of distinction here, I think. Like when we talk about action, so inaction is a type of action. So not doing anything is actually doing something. Mm. It's actually doing something, and so you've actually got to go. Well, what are the kind of actions we want? Well, inaction is not one of those actions that we, you know, that we want. And then it's uh, and then the the other bit as well is is accountability. So making sure you've got some way to hold yourself accountable for this, um, and so it might be just something around. You know a phrase you use, you're gonna just have to be kind of serious, it can be like a phrase that you use to actually help get you um, get you back on track. So that's a really important kind of aspect of this because we're human, we're all going to fall down, we're all gonna to commit to do something and then forget to you know just forget. Oh, oh sorry I meant to do oh, I meant to do that. Now you know if there's something in the past that's kind of coming up to so like, oh yeah, well that's just you know so and so kind of playing their games again. So you've got to find a way to kind of hold yourselves accountable. And when you do when you do go off off plan, which you are going to, how are you going to get yourself back? How are you going to course correct very, very quickly rather than let it get you know, drift too far off? So it's really important moving forward, like action, you're actually managing action. So you're actually you're taking first action, you're kind of cleaning up any kind of background stories that kind of you keep putting into your future. So kind of cleaning those, getting complete on those because they're going to stop you stop you acting or, st- or stop you taking effective action. And the third one is that accountability. What can we put in place that when we do go off track because we're humans, where that's going to happen, mm. how are we going to course correct very quickly and how are we going to ha- hold each other accountable for actually taking the actions we've committed to take?
0: So for all the small businesses and farm businesses that I've coached, um, I don't think I've ever really seen a method by which we hold ourselves accountable. And so, I guess my question is that team of 12 running that multi billion dollar project, how are they going to go holding them, hold
1: them themselves accountable? So, this is a really interesting kind of thing. We'll take that, the that, that, that teams through, we'll sort of, you know, we'll ask them what they do for a living. And kind of look at you kind of strange and go, kind of, well, no, literally, like if I was a fly in the wall flying around your office, what would I see you do? Like, well, you'd see me on the phone. i thought, ah, tell me from the fly's perspective. Well, you'd see me on the phone. No, I would see you holding something up next to your ear. What would I see you do? Oh, well, you'd see me talking into the phone. Okay, great. Then what would you, what would you see? Oh, well, you'd see me talking at a screen like this. You know, I'm like, oh, okay, so you talk at a screen as well? Yeah, I talk at a screen. And then what would you say? Well, then you'd see me walk around and go and get a coffee and three people would stop me. Oh, okay. And when they stop you, what do you do? Oh, I talk. Oh, okay, great. And then when you go into a meeting, then, then I'm on my way to a meeting. Okay, and you go into a meeting. What do you do in your meeting? Well, I talk. It's like, oh, okay. So you're a professional talker. And they're like, yeah, I guess I'm a professional talker. So in that, now farming's different because farmers actually do something physical, <laughs> they don't only talk about it. Management teams, they talk about a problem. Um, and then other people go and do the physical work, do the technical. Yep. Now farmers, uh, you know, the little know about farming and kind of you know, spending a couple of days with you, you do both. But I think we underestimate
0: the importance of and just how much of farming is in and around relationships and communication. Yeah. You know, we've had you've been here forty eight hours. We've had four contractors on our place. Yep. Um, that, you know, it's a big logistical project. Um, We underestimate communication and our leadership role in agriculture um, and the amount
1: of talking that is required to get it done. Well, every time I've I've noticed when those contractors have come on board, you haven't stood at the homestead and said, here's what needs to happen in Paddock 6. You've gone out there, you know, and walked it through. You know or you know as we did yesterday we drove around okay we need to spray here we need to spray there we kind of okay so once you've done it like you know so it was and it wasn't micromanaging it was just actually making a really clear request and making sure the communication was clear now in accountability it's the same so accountability actually exists in language and so like my management teams were their professional talkers well you know farmers are professional talkers and professional kind of doers mm. So the accountability needs to happen in conversation. That's how it happens. Now, there might be a framework for that conversation. So it might be something as simple as minutes of meetings, but dates and people next to, you know, next to things. And just actually making sure that when we make a request of someone, that we're actually, the request is actually really, really clear. Mm. Because then that gives that person a chance. So, okay, well, you're accountable for setting up the weekly meeting. Okay, great. So I, I, yeah, it's going to be eight o'clock every Monday morning. Done. Uh,
0: No, that's not what I meant.
1: (laughs) Like, you actually need to make sure that it's effective. That we have an agenda. That we keep minutes. That we keep minutes. That we that actions are taken between
0: meetings. Yeah.
1: So actually, clear in that in that accountability, it's actually really clear about kind of requests and promises and getting that kind of you know getting that very kind of uh, getting that that working Mm -hmm. well. But managing that accountability is incredibly important and it's in, it's it's in it's, it's in language. Now there might be something you use to, to help you with that, that, that exists on paper, like some minutes or something like that. Yep. Yeah. Um, but it will be, you know, often quite repetitive, boring, you know, kind of conversation. What, well, we said this, how are we going? We said this, how are we going. Yeah. And actually making sure that, you know, that those. that accountability is actually taking care of that desired future or the the brightness of the future conversation. I interviewed three of our members in
0: our last podcast before Christmas, and they all spoke of the value of having a coach hold them accountable. And I think a big reason why FOA exists um, and one of the key reasons why our members are just getting such spectacular results is perhaps for the first time, their farm business team and their family has a model for accountability. Um, I, mean, I that's just it's it's absolutely so important to implementation.
1: And I think it's also in, in that as well, because um, we, that's often part of our role: we'll be holding leadership team to account. So we, I don't buy into the problems that they have and the, the excuses that they have. it'd so be like, like, okay, so we said this. Have you done that? No. All right. Well, let's have a conversation. Oh, no. No, I haven't done that because no, 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 no. I don't care about I'm not in carding or haymaking. We said we we're gonna have a daily huddle. I get you busy. I get you busy. But we said this. Mm-hmm. So let's just make no. yeah. a it rained, it didn't rain, it no no no. No, No, no. Yeah. Well, you said you're gonna set up a daily huddle. So what's gonna happen? And you haven't done that. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about the impact of that, you know, and the impact will always prevent back to you know predictable future. Yeah. So we're gonna drift back to the predictable future. Right, okay. So what what needs, to, what needs to happen? re really in that. And I think that's the benefit of having someone external because they're not going to buy into all your bullshit. That's it, 100%. It's those those excuses and those stories that can
0: keep us implementing well.
1: And, and all of those are okay. very, they're all very reasonable. Yep. But what
0: you want is someone to be unreasonable. Unreasonable. Yeah. Yep. At 100%. So just two more questions, Yep. JK, if I could. How do you re-establish and build trust? And I know it's a big question, but just maybe just a snapshot on this, where you know my brother or my sister have, you know, said they're gonna do something and haven't, or whatever. And I feel like this trust has been corroded over time. How can people go about regaining trust so that they can move forward more fully and more strongly?
1: Yeah. So to, uh, I'd say two, uh, well, two things. Maybe one thing there is is with two part. Like, take you've got to take the first step, um, and so you've got to be willing to go. Go well, you know. I don't trust you, but I'm going to do things to demonstrate trust. So you've actually got to, you've got to take the first step. So you've got to kind of give some give some trust. And I'd say start small. So trust is built over small commitments being delivered over time. That's how you build. Until you build trust, and trust is lost, small agreements being broken Correct. over time. Yeah, so it's just just find small things and be diligent around delivering, actually, and and really delivering it, and and and, and checking in that it's being delivered to the satisfaction of the other person. Yeah, enough. So it's kind of like okay, so I've I've set up the daily huddles. You know, quite a small task. I've set up the daily huddles. Can I just check? Have I done that in a way that makes your that 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 you know that's what what you want? Yeah, it is. Okay, great. Thanks. And not looking for any sort of mm-hmm. anything from that, but just checking that because often what will happen is we use a model for, for kind of trust and, and integrity. The importance of your word is that um it's not enough to deliver something as you understand it that doesn't build trust. You've actually got to deliver something. To the way that the other person understands it to be done, even if they haven't asked for that, even if they haven't said, you know, well, at, yeah. By setting up the daily huddle, what I mean is these five things. I, they might have just said, "Set up the daily huddle." So you, you think you've done that? It's kind of like, "Well, I've done that." It's how I understood the task. Well, that doesn't build trust. Yeah. What builds trust is me actually. And even when you haven't made a clear request, um. The responsibility is still with me to make sure that I'm delivering against all aspects of that. Yep, love it. Thank you. So let's start
0: to wrap this up. It's been a, and this is a really complex topic, aligning diverse teams, and there's so many layers to it. We've talked about declaring a breakdown, so actually making the invisible issue visible. We've talked about identifying what the future might look like if we don't resolve this breakdown mm-hmm. and then what the future could look like reasonably to a level that we can be enrolled and inspired if we resolve this issue. That then gives us a context um, and maybe some um, currency around which to go about solving the problem. Then instead of making people wrong for how the issue has arrived to here. If we can look back from where we want to get to and identify the new beliefs and new values we've got to move forward with um, in order to achieve our goal, then that is the thing that can inspire people to change behavior um, and move away from the breakdown that is. And often there is a small structural change or a chess move that will become obvious to us all, that can be the thing that if done well could see us move past that breakdown. Yep. Um, And then some really interesting comments around how to be respectful um, and how to bring accountability so that the implementation around the change is meaningful and how for people to take a leadership role first and early in that process rather than sitting back expecting others to change before you do. I just yep. think um, there's so many layers to that, and it's such an interesting topic. And for our PM members that are listening, I think you know this reinforces just the importance of implementing on all of those little constructs that we're working through with you around vision, 10-year goal, BHAG, values, having a quarterly plan, having quarterly meetings, weekly meetings, daily huddles. I mean, the system, to your point, is proven in so many high-performing businesses and high-performing teams that these constructs all lined up world make a massive difference. Um, So stay on that path to getting these things set up. Um, And for those of you listening that haven't made a real step yet in and around some of these principles that JK has talked about, um, I, would, I would. This is my last question, JK, where do people start? Um, and, yeah, you know, we started this conversation around declaring a breakdown. Um, but I guess I just want to give people their first step. If they haven't had the planning meeting before or if they haven't been able to get both generations or all family members together, and when they have, it, it's been a less than constructive conversation. Um, where can people start? on the back of this to to make a positive step towards um, better alignment as a farm team than they've had in the past?
1: Yeah, well, I, um, let's we'll start with a conversation about the future. Um, actually, well, so maybe go back. I, I think the way, well, sorry, where you need to start is with yourself and deal with... If if you've been seeing this issue going for a while, like what's stopping you? What's stopped you in the past having this conversation? And because you got you you've got to get over that yourself to actually have this successfully. So one thing as well. So and two parts of this is um, it's just occurred to me before to, to talk about this is that you've got to think about this being a generative conversation. So we're actually creating something through the conversation that we're having rather than it being about fixing something. And so that can often give some people some freedom to get into the conversation, to actually start the conversation, is to actually come from like, okay, I'm not coming here. We're not going to fix, we're not here, we're not here to fix something. We're actually here to create something. So we're going to create a new future for the, for, yeah, for the farm. And that's a more that's the conversation I want to be involved in. I don't know, like fixing or fixing problems. Or, that doesn't sound fun. Mm. A creative conversation, a generative conversation. So I would start with kind of this from a kind of a generative mindset. The other thing I would say is, um, if you make this too serious, and if you make this, you know, uh, you, you, were, you know, the complexity of it. If you make it too complex and too big, you're not going to want to. You're not going to want to engage in it. So it's actually just kind of going, yeah, okay, you know. You know, I was sitting down last night looking at the stars and thinking how kind of insignificant we are compared to the stars. It's kind of like, yeah, okay, there's some big problems going on in the world right now. Like this isn't one of them. Yeah. You know? So let's just put this in, into some perspective because that will often be the thing that's holding you back from taking the first step. Is coming kind of going, this is too, this is too complex. It's too complex. Yeah. And I think that's why people I mean people feel complete
0: overwhelm um at times with a lack of alignment within a family business or whatever. But I think to your point, um, finding a way to to keep perspective that this actually is resolvable, it's not a major issue, how much have we got to be really joyful and grateful for really? So just get perspective on the problem and you're saying go about it as a creative process rather than, you know, here to fix something. Here to fix a problem.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, think- and part of the creative process might be the declaration of a problem, but it's actually about... The mindset needs to be around uh, generative and 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 creating something as opposed to yeah. Love it. Always great to catch up with you, mate. Thanks for
0: making the trek up from Melbourne. Absolutely, um, it's been great fun, and it's wonderful to just grab you while we have access to you to um, yeah, just just check in on this because I think this can genuinely help our listeners consider how they can have a really constructive planning meeting going into this new season. So I hope you found that useful, guys. I know I have. Um, Always great to see you, mate. Thanks for your time. Mate, thank you very much. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Profitable Farmer Podcast by Farm Owners Academy. If you're new to this show, be sure to follow us. If you've been a long-time listener, let your friends know about us or come continue the conversation in the Profitable Farmer Facebook group. All the best as you grow your business and create your freedom farm. Until next time, keep being incredible.